The Strange But True stories featured on this podcast contain details some people may find unsettling. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Well, hello there and a very warm welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Things Are About To Get Weird, all in honour of the best day of the year, Halloween. If you're listening on October the 31st, a very happy Halloween to you. And if you're listening at a later date, I hope this episode helps to fill that little pumpkin-shaped space in your soul until Halloween rolls around for another year. As you may be able to tell from my voice, I'm a little bit under the weather at the moment, so huge apologies for that. But I wanted to make sure that I definitely got this episode recorded as it's a very special one. As I mentioned in my last full episode, this Halloween special is dedicated to your spooky stories and encounters. Over on social media, I asked if anyone had ever had a paranormal or strange experience that they'd be happy to share with me, and I can't tell you how much I enjoyed receiving your emails. A huge thank you to everyone who sent in their stories. I'm going to read some of them out for you right now. Let's begin with this email from Kat. It reads... Hi Chayas, I am absolutely loving this podcast. Thank you very much. I think that a lot of us who had an emo phase that never went away, lol, have also been extremely interested in the supernatural since a very young age. I absolutely agree with that. I have had a handful of ghostly encounters, but this one was the most recent. In 2014, I was in my senior year of high school and my parents and I had recently moved into a house that was one street over from where we'd previously lived. I do remember driving by this house when I was younger and always just having a strange feeling about it. My parents knew the owner of the house, who was now our landlady. Her husband had passed away not too long ago and I believe that is why she was renting the house out. Before I start the story, let me give you a rundown of my old room so that most of it makes sense. My room had a Jack and Jill bathroom to the right. There was a door to the bathroom and when you walk in, there's two sinks and then a door to the toilet and shower. There was also a third door in the first half with the sink that leads to the second bedroom, but my mum had put a bookshelf in front of it on the other side since she turned the second bedroom into her office. Before I go to sleep, I would always shut the door to the bathroom. I remember this being a Thursday night as I was going to bed pretty early around 8pm. I usually cannot fall asleep that quickly and I would always go on my phone to watch YouTube videos until I got tired. I would always watch videos underneath my blanket since there was a light from a street lamp that shone directly into my windows and I wanted it to be pitch black. I am a side sleeper and my back was to the main entrance to my room. I was scrolling along for about half an hour when I heard the front door to my room open and someone walk in. I figured it was my dad since his footsteps were heavy, but I thought it was odd that he would check in on his 17-year-old daughter to see if she's asleep. He had only done that when I was about five. Regardless, I quickly locked my phone and pretended to be asleep to avoid a lecture about staying up on a school night. I could hear him pace a bit in my room, breathing heavily and saying nothing, which I thought was strange. I figured that he would just poke his head in and shut the door, but I heard him walk in my room and I could feel him standing over the bed. I heard him walk out and shut the door and I immediately sat up and turned on the light, only to see the door to my bathroom open. I thought that was odd, so I got up and shut the door and got into bed and turned the lights off only to hear the door open moments later. It wasn't just like the door creaked open, I could hear the handle turning. 
I turned my light on and got up again, this time going into the second half of the bathroom, making sure that the window in the toilet slash shower area was closed and it was completely locked. This time I shut the door to the toilet, the door to the bathroom and turned off my light, sitting there for a moment in my room facing the bathroom. The next thing I know, every door in my room slams open at the same time and the lights go on all at once. I ran out of my room, freaked out and stayed in my mum's room that night. Cat, I would have done the same. That is horrifying. The next day, my mum saged the room, but I continued noticing some strange things for the next few days. Like I said earlier, I shut every door, including my closet, before I go to sleep. And the next morning, I woke up to my closet door and my dresser drawers wide open. I would even smell strange odours around the house, especially human urine, which I found tiny puddles of in the hallway. Brackets, we did not have any pets at the time. I'm pretty sure my mum had a priest come to the house after that. Anyway, I never did figure out who or what was trying to scare me for that week in our new house, but I hope that their soul has found some peace. If this story gets on the show, thank you so much for reading it. And that's from Kat from California. Her social handle is at Kat, K-A-T dot D-E-L-E-O-N-E. When I tell you, I have full chills. That is absolutely terrifying. I don't know how you coped with that, but like you said, I really hope that whatever was going on in your house, their soul has found that peace. Thank you so much, Kat. Okay, this next email is from Chloe and it starts, Hey Chayas, freakiest time of my life, TBF. (laughs) Solid opener, I love that. My weird story starts at my friend's house. My friend Amy broke up with her boyfriend and needed a girly night at her house. So we invited about 12 of our friends over to have a girly night. I decided to not drink that night and drive home as I want to get home that night on my own time and Amy's house is in a rural area. We were sitting talking in the living area near the end of the night and I see a woman with long black hair down to her hip and amazing eye makeup walking in the living room, looking at me and smiling and going up the stairs. I asked my friend Zoe after a few moments, who's the girl that's gone up the stairs? She looked at me confused and says, there was no girl going up the stairs and she continued drinking her vodka and coke. I passed it off and asked Ali, did she see the girl? And she said no. Then I asked Amy, who's the girl going up the stairs? And she said she'd seen someone, but she didn't know who it was. We decided to go upstairs to check if it's someone's lift home or someone's mutual friend and went upstairs to look for the woman, but no one was there. We checked the bedrooms and the bathroom upstairs. I even thought, did she climb out of the window? Who was she? Why did only me and Amy see her? The next day, we were to go to our local shopping mall for Sunday lunch. Amy messaged me to say her head was hurting so bad that she could not make it. We've all been there. I thought she did have a bit too much to drink last night and that she was ill. But on the drive home, my head started to hurt too and I'd had no drinks the night before. On the drive home by the rural house, a deer came out of the woods and stopped in front of my car to look at me in the eye and walked back into the woods. I thought I could see a figure with black hair walk too, as if to call the deer back. That truly sounds like the opening to a horror film. Oh my goodness. You won't believe it, but the exact same thing happened to Amy that night too, when she went to collect her sister from the train station. A deer stopped her too, and she saw the figure. Luckily, none of us or our vehicles were badly damaged. 
To confirm, we asked Carla and Zoe, and neither of them had had any experience that night or previously. Still confused to this day. And then Chloe wrote, lol, which really cracked me up. P.S. Love the podcast. Look forward to listening every Wednesday. Chloe. Chloe, thank you so much for sending this in and for your lovely words as well. It's just one of those stories that you can't explain. There is no explanation. I really hope one day you find out what happened. That is bizarre. It really, truly sounds like something from a horror film. Next up, we have an email from Simon. It reads, Hi Chayas, firstly, the podcast is amazing and I've enjoyed our convos on Insta. I'm Monumental Adventures. Simon, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed receiving your DMs about all the episode topics and hearing your thoughts. Always fantastic to get your takes on the story. So thank you so much and I appreciate your kind words. Secondly, this one has loads of stories I've been told about and a few cases I have personally experienced. It's going to be a long email, so I'm really sorry. It also needs some background info. No worries. Absolutely love it. Lee Abbey's first recorded history is from 1199 in the Doomsday Book. In its time, it was used by monks, high-profile families, and even private schools during the war. It's now a Christian retreat centre, and that's how I know it. It's just outside Linton in North Devon, and it's right in the coast. I spent several weeks a year from the age of about six, right up until I was about 19, 20, and I have so many fond memories with many family and friends. It's one of my most favourite places. Obviously, a place like this is steeped in history as well as legends and tall tales. One of the most famous being the story of a lady called Jenny, who was left at the altar and ran to the cliff in the grounds and jumped. And this part is now called Jenny's Leap. Simon actually attached some photos, which I'll include in the Instagram post for this episode. So a huge thanks for that, Simon. That's great. From the beach below, I have seen several times a white shape falling from the cliff top in the distance, as well as hearing a scream whilst hanging around at Jenny's Leap with the other teenagers. Oh my goodness. One of the creepiest scenarios happened in what is known as the Quiet Staircase. The Quiet Staircase is in the north wing of the property. It's a large square staircase that's about 15 feet by 15 feet and there's about six flights of stairs going all the way up with a large chandelier hanging down about 12 feet down the middle. This is a big staircase. It's not uncommon for some kids to pull the chandelier and make it sway slightly. You have to be quiet as there is a chapel nearby. One night after wandering the ground myself and five other kids around 13, 14 years old, were heading back to the small lounge, which was our chosen hangout spot, but decided to detour to my room to grab some snacks. So we all had to go up four flights in the staircase. When we enter the building, you have to go through some big old wooden doors across an entranceway, through some wood and glass doors, and then finally a fire door. I was at the back and know all of the doors were shut after us. Still at the back, we are going up the stairs and being quiet. It's gone midnight and I didn't want to wake anyone up or get in trouble. As we get to the second flight, the chandelier starts swaying. Holly laughs it off and thinks one of us touched it and suddenly realise no one touched it. I would have seen them. I didn't take my eyes off anyone because we were all whispering and laughing on the way up. I know no one touched it. As soon as we realised this, we ran as fast as we could to my room. After a few minutes, we get the snacks and go back down the same staircase to the small lounge. As we do, we are all hugging the wall and are still spooked about what happened. And it does it again. So we run and don't go that way again for the rest of the week. I would have been with you there. It's really easy to say it was the wind or whatever, but three doors and no windows that open, that's not the wind. 
The other thing that happened was me seeing an actual spirit. Before this, I was a complete skeptic, but this changed me. Each night, us teenagers would be up playing board games, card games, etc. Brackets, no Wi-Fi or mobile signal. Until about 2 or 3am. And we got to know Jenny the night guard. Brackets, not the one who leapt. And she was lovely and one night told us that someone else was coming to work with her. A man named Toby. For the rest of the week. That night, I'm walking back to my room alone and believe I see Toby. Shirt, tie, jumper, dressed like a security guard and he goes towards the kitchens and I think nothing of it. The night after that, I tell Jenny I saw Toby and she goes pale. And then she tells me that Toby never showed up and that he didn't take the job, so never came to the house. This happened about 2 a.m. and there was no one else staying there that matched that description. But to put my mind at ease, she said she would check the cameras and there was nothing. She sees me walk past the kitchen and no one else. I stopped going that way as well. No idea what I saw, but there was definitely someone there. Oh, that has given me chills. In some ways, I find this story similar to one of the experiences I talked about in my previous episode when I'd lived in Lincolnshire. When someone else can back up your story and even when there's proof in the form of camera footage, there's nothing that you can really say to disprove it. I completely believe your stories, that is chilling. Thank you so much, Simon. I'm definitely going to look up the history of that place. It sounds fascinating. Moving on to our next email. This one is from Stacy. It reads, We have lived in our current address for five years. The man that lived here before us lived here for 95. The house was new when they moved in. Wow, I cannot imagine living in the same house for 95 years. That's incredible. I've been aware of a presence since the day we moved in but it was never a problem. Once after I'd fallen down the stairs, I got a feeling that someone was telling me something, in quotation marks, I fell on Silith Street steps and there was a feeling of anger with it. The message continued for a few days and then faded away. I mentioned this to my neighbour who had known the gentleman well. She told me he had fallen outside Silith Street Working Men's Club. Everyone there thought he was drunk and had fallen down the stairs but he was teetotal and annoyed that they thought he was drunk. I told her there was an uncomfortable feeling when walking through the living room to the kitchen at night, not when sitting in either room though, just when passing through. Then she told me she had found his body. He was slumped over in the kitchen slash living room doorway and he had been there all night. Oh my gosh. My neighbour hasn't been in my house since. She was genuinely freaked out. I mean, that's just straight up traumatic. It must have been awful for her to find her poor neighbour's body. Since I found out about Jack and his story was read on a ghost story live Insta, things have been okay. He's still there, but not as often. I get the feeling that he's asking me questions. Who's that? What's that? Usually about what's on the TV. Brackets can go see the telly. Oh, I found that sweet. Other people have picked up on him and someone offered to move him on. But this was his house before mine and I don't want a poltergeist situation. I think that's very sensible. Stacy finished her email with two asterisks. The first one made me laugh. It said, I don't believe in ghosts and my doc has checked me out. <laughs> and the second one said the story was read by Rachel Fairburn on her ghost story Instagram live. So I wanted to give a huge shout out to Rachel from the podcast, All Killer No Filler. She does these great Instagram live ghost stories and this story was featured there first. I highly recommend checking Rachel out and also the All Killer No Filler podcast. It's really great. 
Thanks so much, Stacey. Okay, we have two more stories left to read and they're both short and sweet. So the first one is from John and it reads, I work for the ambulance service. Weird comes with the job. Side note, I used to want to be a paramedic so much when I was little. I was obsessed with the TV show Casualty and it was definitely my dream career for about a year or so. I think ambulance crews do an incredible job, so massive respect to you, John. We were dealing with a very poorly child when I was new into the job. Whilst in a flap and close to falling down the stairs whilst carrying all the equipment, I felt a hand on my shoulder as my crewmate said words to take it steady. The only thing is, my crewmate was not on the stairs or near me, but nonetheless, it's what I needed to keep calm. All the best, Jay. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. It's kind of a strange one as it must have been equal parts reassuring and what you needed in that moment, as you said, but also when you look back on it, quite unnerving. But I am glad it's what you needed in that moment. Thank you so much for sending that in. And finally, we have this email from Damon. Hello, this is my submission containing my encounter with a ghost. When I was 19, I was staying at a friend's house. In the middle of the night when she was asleep, I heard the lights turn on in the kitchen. I presumed it must have been her as no one else was in the house. I hear her footsteps as she walked around the kitchen. I call to her and ask if she's okay, only to hear her in the bedroom say, what? Startled, I went to check the kitchen. The light was still on and it was empty. I went back to sleep and did not think anything of it. The next day I go to her, did you hear something last night? She looked at me in shock and said, you heard it as well? <gasps> She explained that every night the light will switch on and she hears steps and creaks and even one time hearing a plate smash. She has since left the house because of the feelings she got from it, but we still wonder why this happened. I was just about to say, if that was me, I would have moved. So I'm very glad your friends moved house because you'd be waiting for it, right? Oh, goosebumps again, goosebumps, oof. I truly can't express how much I enjoyed reading your stories. A huge thank you to everyone who took the time to email me. Huge apologies again for my voice. I know it's really obvious that I'm sick, but I hope it hasn't been too distracting. Thank you so much for tuning into this bonus episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you ever have a story that you would like to share with me or an episode topic suggestion, please don't hesitate to get in touch. There are lots of ways to do so. If you're into Instagram, the handle is at thingsgetweirdpodcast and on Twitter it's at about to get weird. Our email address is thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com. I've mentioned it a few times now but we also have the Facebook page and also the discussion group so if you type things are about to get weird into the Facebook search bar you'll find both of those. Wherever you're listening to this podcast today, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so honoured if you'd give me a quick rating or review. I've been blown away by your lovely words and ratings so far. It really does mean a lot to me, so thank you. I also hope you have a wonderful Halloween, whatever your plans are. Please stay safe and have fun. I'll be back on Wednesday as usual with another strange but true story for you. So until next time, take care of yourself and others and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. Thank you.